breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Local publisher John Settle Crawfish. Did you eat crawfish? By the way, I didn't see you eating any crawfish yesterday. I did, I did, and I noticed that you did not bother to sit at the table. My table. I was a sponsor, and both you and Aaron just boycotted my table. I, I couldn't find. I'm kind of upset about John. It. Honestly, I, you know, I went and found a table that I didn't think had any signs on it because I couldn't. I couldn't find. They were they were so hard to read. They so were I, hard to read. I just. But it's okay. I, it wasn't an intentional slight. I uh, assure you. No, that's you. all right. I'll, I'll get over it. Here's the lawsuit. You have filed it. John E. Settle Jr. versus James Green um, for defamation and damages. Explain your lawsuit, why you thought it was important that you file suit against the chairman of the Shreveport City Council. Well, if you would review the comments that uh, Mr. Green made, I think they were Totally, first of all, they were totally false. Uh, they were defamatory, and they were intended to uh, harm uh, my publication, Focus SB, Flash Inquisitor. He basically uh, wanted all my advertisers to quit advertising and, and most likely my readers to stop buying the paper. But He, he uh, called those, you a disbarred uh, attorney. That's inaccurate, correct? Correct. Are you an attorney still? I still am an attorney. I have a law degree. The question is, I'm not a member of the bar because I've resigned from the bar, but I have a law degree from 1974, well, so I still am an attorney. Was your resignation was your resignation from the bar part of a deal with the with the um, disciplinary board? Explain that so we all know what it, what your status was. Everybody says, "Oh, he was told he had to step down." What's the truth? No, the, the, the cold question was about whether I was going to go to a six-week uh, 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 school to learn for me to be more charming, not to be uh, uh, so offensive or something like that. And so I decided that it wasn't, there were some disciplinary proceedings, but I didn't want to spend the time and energy to fight those uh, because I was getting the publication. And so, uh, no, it was not a deal at all. I, I, I made the decision on my own. There was nothing offered to me to resign. You can resign from the bar anytime you want to. Okay. The second element, uh, 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 B, was uh, he, parenthetically settled, was upset because Councilwoman Taylor wouldn't sleep with him. Why would he make such an accusation? Where does he get uh, maybe, that information? I don't know. I guess once the, uh, the lawsuit proceeds, uh, he'll be asked that question in the deposition. Have you ever and, made a pass uh, at Miss Taylor? <laughs> I have not. I mean, one time we were casual acquaintances, and I actually made a five hundred dollar contribution to her campaign. That was way back then. I don't know, four years ago. And uh, now, if she sees me, she won't uh, even bother to speak to me. But it's in council chambers, and uh, even if I speak first, same with James Green. So, no, I made a pass. Do you have any romantic interest in Councilwoman Taylor? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, she's a nice lady, uh, uh, but no, I have no interest in that. No, oh, ma'am. 
Uh, he also said from the dais up there on the horseshoe that Settle broke the law by coming up here and bringing me a check and put some checks on some other council member stations. Is that false? Totally. I, I did mail him a, I think it was $400 check, either before his campaign or during it. And and he returned the check and the mail said, I'm self-funding. And so that ended that. That was fine. Uh, uh, at least he returned the check. Ms. Taylor hadn't returned <laughs> Let me follow up on that, John, because as a member of the media, you are a publisher of a newspaper. I don't let people put their political signs in my yard. I don't give them campaign contributions. It's just for me, it's kind of crossing the line. Um, You you take a different before that was before I bought the paper. Okay, so then you've done you've made no political contributions since you bought the paper. Uh, What was the question again? No political contributions since you bought the paper. I'm almost positive that's correct. I, I, no, I'm, I'm. No, I haven't made any. Uh, I don't think I have. No, I don't believe so. I, I, Tabitha Taylor's. I don't think I gave her while I bought the paper, but I, I don't, don't think so. I bought the paper in four years ago in, in November, but I'm, I'm very careful about not uh, trying to cross that line. I mean, you know, as far as favoring, uh, it contributing. Uh, politicians but i'd have to check i don't okay. make a misstatement and the uh, the other element d that and i'm quoting the tv station the young black ladies they could sue him settle because what happens when they come down here the the follows them all outside he run behind black women all the time and that's wrong is there is there I, any validity validation no, to that i don't no, I don't think this, I don't know what he's really referring to. I have on occasion when I was walking into government uh, plaza, if I see a, a news reporter, a female news reporter, I offer to help them with bring their camera in. You know, most they don't have cameras anymore, but I don't. I, and I speak to 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 those ladies. They're members of the media. I speak to all the people media, but I don't chase any of them and leave the chambers when they leave them or anything like that. John, I don't you know where that you know people think you're offensive. You have referred to the black councilmen as boys. You have used the the phrase tar baby. Have you made some mistakes in how you've dealt with some of these council members and other politicians? First of all, uh, the the, uh, the reference to Bowtie Boy, I, I post that was in a blog. Most of what Mr. Green has complained about is in a blog versus in my paper. Of course, I realize that, that I'm one and the same. I, I issued an apology on the blog. The blog on, referred to Bowtie Boy versus should have been Bowtie Man. I issued an apology on my blog. The Tar Baby's taken totally out of context. There was a comment about the reality of a political campaign, how it starts off fun and then becomes every day a burden, and it, it's a Tar Baby you cannot get away from. The, the reference being that once you're in a political campaign, it just eats your life alive. It's, it's only what's on your mind. You can't put it aside, et cetera. And that's a perfect example of people pulling a term uh, out of context. But if I've written, but you know, I've written thousands of op-ed opinions since 1978 for the Times, the Sun, Forum, the Inquisitor. And I've written a lot of them now. You're going to always make uh, some. It's not a. I've made mistakes like most people, but they were not uh, racially motivated.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with uh, publisher John Settle. John, Aaron and I talked earlier about this lawsuit and the fact that James Green never actually mentioned your name when he went on this diatribe. Everybody knew who he's talking about. But he never actually said your name. Is that going to be a, an out for him in this lawsuit? Um, honestly, don't know. Uh, I don't think so, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, as we said, everybody knew who he was talking about, uh, but I, I don't know. That's for the for the uh, courts to decide. Are you prepared to put people on the witness stand who who heard it, who say, "Yeah, it was obvious it was John Settle." Oh, oh well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that 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 would be very easy. Do. And I'd like to make one comment. You, you, you can attack, people can attack things I've done and said, and a lot of them I, I regret, but they don't change what Councilman Green said in a public meeting, trashing me. So let's, you know, you can focus on the good and bad of John Settle, but let's look at what a, an elected official did at a public meeting and said about me that was totally false. So I, I just hope the narrative will focus on that as much as it, as, or more than on me. I, go ahead. I'm John, sorry. I, I talked to the mayor last night about the lawsuit, and I asked him if he had seen it, and he said yes. And I said, will the city be defending Council Chairman James Green? In other words, will the city attorney's office be his attorney in this case? And he said, we are currently researching that. They don't know yet if uh, city tax dollars will have to be used to defend Mr. Green's comments. Um, what do you know with regard to who represents council members when they are out of order or are, are targets of lawsuits? I really don't know. I, I saw that suit yesterday afternoon. I dropped off a copy to the city attorney's office. I, I have no idea uh, how that issue will be resolved Uh yeah, I don't. I don't have any. That's that's for the city attorney and the administration to decide. I have no no question on that. I'll be happy to give them an extension of time or to research that. But that's another unknown. I don't know. Are you representing yourself? Yes, I filed a pro se. Okay. Any any person can file a lawsuit pro se. They don't have to have a law degree, which I have. They don't have to have an attorney. It's just pro se. So it's it's me individually. I'm looking at the lawsuit and I don't see a, a figure. Are you asking for a specific figure? And no, uh, I'm sorry. No, I, no, I did ask. not. I said that I did not uh, that uh, the I did not ask for a specific figure. Uh, and you know, I can always amend the lawsuit later uh, if I want to try to quantify that. Uh, but I have not at this juncture asked for a specific One of the articles says, Settle acknowledges that his damages do not meet the threshold for a jury trial. And you relinquish any rights to, to a jury trial. Well, yeah, that's a monetary amount. This this case, uh, if it ever goes to trial, just needs to be signed a judge alone and, and, and not uh, waste the time and energy of... of having a jury trial and citizens involved and all of that kind of stuff. So if he wanted to settle, what would your terms be? I, I, I don't really know. You know, uh, I, I'm really hoping, one, that there's a retraction, two, that this kind of this kind of diatribes don't continue. You know, James Green has done this before to a former police chief after he was apprehended 
you recall that thing. Well, what were you going to do? Ship me? Remember mm-hmm. that that long thing yes. that counseled me? And then and then he took a, a, a real bad trashing of a very nice lady, uh, Miss John Glover, who happens occasionally to write a column for me. And so this kind of uh, repeated behavior needs to stop by by Mr. Green and any and all uh, public officials in public meetings. What's sure. your message to the other council members if he tries to do this again? There are ways. They do it at the Caddo Commission. There are ways the city council can stop this, correct? Correct. I mean, it, the very simple thing is say interrupt and say a point of order. And then that, then that speaker has to stop. And then a council person can say, hey, uh, Mr. Green, this is not appropriate. Let's don't continue with this. So council members and, and commission, especially the commission that happens to uh, uh, you know, occasionally someone will say a point of order to mm-hmm. stop a speaker and to get the, the dialogue back on track. Right. But what and if somebody doesn't recognize Robert's rules of order and continues? Are there repercussions for, for breaking those rules? Not really. No. Uh, exactly. It would be good, you know, that it's important to follow that, but no, there's no re- repercussions other than maybe the ballot box three years, but I mean, no, there's no real repercussion. Would an apology from Mr. Green make this go away for you? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that and also uh, I'm, some commit, well, yes, and hopefully there wouldn't be any further uh, outlashing at any any citizen, any citizen or even a public employee right. uh, like the police chief and stuff like that. So, One more thing in our last 30 seconds. Have you sure. lost any advertisers as a result of the, his his speech? I think I have. I'm not going to identify the person because they were all set to start running some big ads uh, starting the 1st of May, which is the, the issue that came out today, of course, and Mr. Green is on the uh, that case is in the, my paper. And there's been a lot of uh, him hawing about advertising now, with and and I, I don't want to put that person on the spot because they're a friend of mine, and I understand that because that person happens to be African American that 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 person may be uh, being pressured. So uh, I ha- I can't prove it, but I. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and Aaron off today and tomorrow, uh, just getting some much deserved time off. Uh, in studio with me, Louis R. Avaloni, uh, my guest host this morning. Lots of things to talk about. Um, <laughs> there's some videos going around Facebook that uh, doesn't show downtown Shreveport in the most positive light. Um, you've got some information on some some new bills that Chuck Snyder and yeah, it looks like that the governor and uh, the president of the Senate, um, Paige Cors- uh, Cortez, is uh, planning to uh, break the spending cap. Uh, they're looking to spend uh, billions of dollars uh, more, and it's it's not the House budget. The House budget was. Uh, was passed uh, to pay down the uh, teachers' pension uh, fund debt, uh, which would allow the individual school districts to uh, give sustainable raises to both teachers and staff at our schools throughout the state. And it looks like the governor uh, and the president of the Senate are going to oppose that. 
So we'll uh, we'll we'll talk more about that uh, in, here in just a few minutes. As a matter of fact, uh, Ruben, weekend yeah. nice. Oh, Good. very nice, very nice. Uh, I went to Menden for a little while, hung out with the fam, and and uh, ate some good food and had band practice, and that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, good. Well, we'll find out what's going on there. New bills being proposed, uh, adding billions to the state budget. Just, just incomprehensible. But uh, we'll delve into that, Mike and McC- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Lewis R. Abalone in for Aaron this morning. Uh, Lewis, you you brought in some information that uh, really nobody's talking about yet. Yeah. So last week, of course, uh, the House Republicans stood together. They passed a fiscally responsible budget that pays decades old retirement debt for state and local. School boards. Now, paying off this debt is going to save Louisiana hundreds of millions of dollars in interest payments. And by doing that, you're actually saving the individual school districts hundreds of millions of dollars in interest payments that they can then turn around and make what most folks are calling sustainable pay increases year after year to teachers and to staff. This so far seems to make perfect sense to me. Yes. However... The governor has other plans. The governor says we need to spend roughly about $1.1 billion, which is a one-time surplus as far as state funds are concerned. And we need to work on coastal uh, coastal, uh, restoration work and new roads and new bridges, et cetera. But in order to do that and and just kind of, Forget about paying down the teachers' pension funds uh, whatsoever. But we need to work on, on coastal restoration work, new roads, new bridges, et cetera. But in order to do that, the legislature, by two-thirds majority in both the House and the Senate, they have to break the spending cap. It's a constitutional spending cap. So what Clay Schicks, uh, excuse me, what Paige Cortez is proposing to do is to basically – Increase the expenditure limit for this year from fifteen billion eight hundred eighty-nine million uh, or so dollars to sixteen billion six hundred fifty-five million dollars. So it's about a seven hundred million dollar increase uh, that the governor that Paige Cortez can spend basically on whatever projects. They want. It's the governor that gets to decide where those funds go, what roads get repaired, what buildings get repaired, what uh, special projects get constructed in whose district. And this is not a good idea. And what furthermore, there's also and this is something that folks uh, may not know about either. uh, There is a bill that would basically appease those uh, state employee retirees uh, by giving them a cost of living increase, a 2% guaranteed cost of living increase. So uh, 
Paige Cortez, the president. And this is 2% every year? Uh, 2% every year. Now, right. currently, it rises and falls. That cost of living increase rises and falls with the how the pension fund does, right? With the stock market. Exactly. And so now, basically, they're saying, no, forget about that. This is Paige Cortez and the governor. We're going to give you a cost of guaranteed cost of living increase forever. And it'll never go away. That 2%, that 2% guaranteed cost of living increase, if it is passed, will cost Louisiana $174 million every year. Forever. And actually, that's going to rise as, say, that's, yeah. as state payroll increases as right. well. Because constitutionally, you can't give benefits and then retract them. So if once you've given them, now you can withhold them from new hires, of course, but once you give them, mm -hmm. so we're talking about $174 million a year. And John Bell wants to fund teacher pay with money from the state directly, $2,000 a year uh, for each teacher, $1,000 a year for each staff member. But that's... Is that sustainable? There are many people would, would argue not. And it, it seems like the more prudent plan is to pay down the teacher pension fund debt, reduce the cost to the individual school districts of, of maintaining that debt. And in doing so, you can basically sub, uh, self-fund your own raises for the teachers without relying on the state budget. Because pay the, this money is is this is a one time surplus. This is not exactly. This is not incoming funds that we go. Oh look, we're doing so great. It has to be spent in the same year. So yeah, so pay off the debt with that surplus. Don't don't accrue more spending. That that's going to be non sustainable. Now, look, oh, this just drives me nuts, and Lewis. It, and it makes sense. You know, who doesn't want roads fixed? I mean, seriously, and that's what the governor's proposing to do with these funds. But who gets to decide which roads get fixed? Will it be all in South Louisiana, all up and down uh, the I-10 corridor? Oh, no, they're going to take care of I-20 up in North Louisiana. So that's why the, the budget that came out of the House seems like the most sensible. Uh, it pays down, again, uh, the teacher fund, uh, teacher pension fund debt, and it it represents, I believe, a sustainable plan for improving education in our state because if you can pay teachers more, it's arguable, you'll attract better teachers. And the way to do that is to get that the pension fund paid down. And, and yeah, well, thank you for that. So, <laughs> but call your, yeah, no, but call your, uh, call your senators uh, or call your uh, state representatives Rep yes. uh, and and let them know that you stand for fiscal responsibility if you are inclined to agree that mm -hmm. paying down the teacher's fund uh, pension fund is is the best use uh, of our of our surplus, surplus dollars funds right Louis R Avalone in for Aaron McCarty Mike and McCarty one one
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike M. McCarty, and got Louis Sar Avalone in studio as Aaron has a uh, next couple of days off. I saw a story, Louis, um, the Oklahoma governor, Kevin Stitt. Are you familiar with Kevin, with his conservative? Somewhat. Uh, how, how have I not heard more about this guy? <laughs> Man, I'm loving this guy. What did you see that you well, like? Well, now he's he's uh, he's going to cut funding to PBS, saying, "Look, why should our tax dollars go to support this these these left wing causes? You know, let let the let the uh, uh, free market determine." What the people want. Sure. If, if, if they want this programming, yeah, of course, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog and, and Lawrence Welk and Mr. Rogers, uh, was on PBS, but, um, also shows like the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. Oh. Yeah. A okay. Segment, uh, a, a segment called Let's Learn and, uh, a, a drag queen called Little Hot Mess. Reads the hips on the drag queen goes swish 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 in a children's book, Lewis. Yeah, no, I was thinking Sesame book. Street and uh, Mister Rogers, and you know, of course, right. the traditional. And I say traditional. I know times have changed, but nevertheless, why is there such a rush to indoctrinate our children with regards to matters? That they really don't even have the capacity to fully appreciate. Of course they don't. That's why. That's why they're pushing it on them at this point because they they don't have the the perception. They don't have the perspective that this this is wrong. This is not natural. It's it's not normal behavior. No, and I think that's why it's important for voices like yours and the audience to speak out, to call their elected representatives, wherever they may be listening, whatever state they may be residing in, uh, because the left is going to try and infiltrate any or, I guess, otherwise uh, exploit any opportunity that they have to move their agenda forward now some folks may say well don't conservatives do that also not with children yeah exactly. i mean that's the distinction I, I that i would make to to folks who who might make that argument it's it's it, there's there's programming that are that it for some reason our children are under attack and i i, I say for some reason it's 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 understandable if you have the perspective of we're in a spiritual battle in this country, and 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 this is it's more than just a, a, a surface issue. This goes much deeper. Well, especially, and, yeah, no public television for children though. What at least when I was growing up, it was focused on the fundamentals of you know English, math. Just the the some of the basic skills that a, a child would need before they go into the classroom. There's a PBS News Hour on parent support for various gender care treatments, including puberty blockers. Uh, a gay character in Work It Out Wombats, which is a PBS kids program, uh, introducing LBGTQ characters. Uh, a special about Christians and drag queens who step into the spotlight to dismantle stereo. It just goes on and on, and it's just, yeah, I don't want my tax dollars going to support this. 
So uh, good for Governor Stitt out of Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Well, you, Voters in Louisiana, you know, keep that in mind when we're electing our next governor. What direction do you want us to go in? Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Aaron off uh, off today and tomorrow Lewis R Avalone graciously accepting uh, the invitation to come step in this morning. Thank you, Lewis. Appreciate you coming yeah, absolutely. in. Absolutely. Good morning. Always always a pleasure to have you in. Uh, the, it was brought to my attention uh, there were some videos that are going around social media. I'll be honest, I don't get on social media. Except for work, so I I didn't see these uh, until until this morning. Uh, but there was apparently some some lunacy going on downtown Shreveport. Was this Friday night? It looks like Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Uh, uh, they were there were several videos that hit. I think sat. I think I saw them Saturday morning, and um, a lot of partying spilling out into the street. Literally, not just the sidewalk. They are in the street, not only in the street blocking traffic, but also climbing all over vehicles. And it's uh, it's uh, just pure insanity. Dancing on a semi truck. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a, a, a truck, a, a, an eighteen wheeler, and this is over on Travis Street. Downtown. Just trying to get through downtown. Yeah, at, at, you know, in the early morning hours, I I would assume. I don't know what time it is. Uh, but this looks like hundreds of people. Yeah, it was a lot of people out in the streets, and they're not protesting. And and look, I, I'm not saying you can't you can't enjoy yourself. No, it's good to see that many people in downtown Shreveport, but not blocking a state highway. City Councilman uh, Grayson Butcher uh, made a social media post, and he he's actually calling out the mayor, the police chief and the new city marshal to basically enforce the noise ordinances. Uh, to, he says that's really at the root of the issue and that there are occupancy ordinances that are not being uh, enforced in these bars. And basically, this is, he says this is the second such event in the past six months that there's so many people, and there are, there are so many people working hard to make downtown Shreveport attractive, fun, safe, uh, to make that the center of our city. And you have a few people, a few businesses that are allowing this ridiculous, this foolishness. Uh, It really is not fair, as as he put in his post, for the rest of our law-abiding community. And there, there's there's another one. I'm just looking at these now uh, on on Grayson Butcher's Facebook page, and uh, there's a, a car. I don't know if the car is part of this these festivities, if you will, just trying to get through an intersection. It's got a green light, and it's trying to get through an intersection. And there are dozens of people just getting in front of the car, uh, and, and apparently they're all dancing and just holding up traffic. Because just acting, yeah. acting just ridiculous. Because what's the message here? 
the message here, the image here is that folks that would ordinarily drive through downtown to get from point A to point B are now going to avoid driving through downtown to get from point A to point B because they go, we don't know what we might encounter, especially if it's at a particular time of night. And that's really unfortunate. Well, and and and, and it, it can take something very small to, to turn this also into something really, really tragic. You know, you've got – because, it, look, you know, this. do you remember the study? And it's been years ago, and I can't quote the source. Um, but there were children at a school playground, and there was no fence. And all the children were gathered in a – you know – in in the center of the playground, okay, there was you know there was there was no security, right? So th- they they gathered as a general rule in the center of the playground. A large fence was put around the playground. Kids were all over, you know. Sure, they were they were playing all over, climbing the fence and and, and not climbing over, but just they need that structure, youth. Children need that structure, that control. And when there is none, this is what happens. Well, There's no control. There are no consequences for uh, bad behavior. And, and I'm not talking about gathering and partying and having fun. But when you're climbing on cars, when you're obstructing a state highway for no reason, doesn't seem to be any protest yeah, but at the same time, if you look at the video, these aren't high schoolers. No, these are. But I'm saying it, it. We as humans need structure. Absolutely, and most folks would call those laws. Exactly. We need to enforce them. Exactly. I mean, there's one. This guy jumping on an 18 wheeler, and it, it's just. This is so frustrating. Again, when there are people working hard to make downtown uh, a, a desirable location. And then, and then, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing apparently being done, uh, you know, with this type of behavior. Well, and let's be very clear. This is not a Grayson Butcher's district. Uh, obviously, Grayson Butcher represents District D. This uh, area where this occurred on Friday night, I believe, is in District B, which is Councilman Gary Brooks. But what Grayson Butcher, Councilman uh, Butcher is suggesting is that the police chief and the fire marshal that they have not in fact enforced the occupancy ordinances in these bars they have not enforced the noise ordinances and from his post it suggests that they've just kind of turned a blind eye to that now i know that may be overstating it but if you're not look what we tolerate is what we encourage. Exactly. And we yes. will get more of it every single time. It's, we, we've reached out. I've reached out to uh, uh, Chief Wayne Smith, the mayor. I haven't heard back. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk with somebody later this morning and, uh, we about have, this. As of right now, we have all of the videos up on keelnews.com. Well, thank you, Ruben. No Look problem. at you working hard. <laughs> finding that. We'll, we'll, we'll find out more coming up. Louis R. Avalone in for air and Mike and McCarty.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty uh, in studio with Louis R. Avalone joining me uh, as Erin is on uh, on vacation for a couple of days. Uh, everything's fine. She just took a couple of days off. So uh, she's going to be back, back on Wednesday. Uh, you just got a, a breaking news text, Louis. Yeah. Is, th- is this breaking news? This is breaking news. Apparently, uh, President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, has uh, officially endorsed Jeff Landry, Attorney General of Louisiana, for governor of Louisiana. So, you know, I mean, look, Jeff's got the money and – he certainly has the support of conservatives throughout the state. And, you know, it was only a matter of time before Donald Trump himself endorsed him because, of course, Don Jr. had already endorsed him. So it was mm-hmm. it was we knew this was coming. So it's not a surprise, obviously. Uh, Landry's the front runner uh, by far uh, for the gubernatorial race. Uh, let's see, other candidates... On on the Republican side, uh, of course, Sharon Hewitt, who's uh, polling at about three percent. Who else? Who else is in the uh, uh, Stephen Wagaspak? Yeah, Wagaspak. He's at polling at two percent. Uh, Richard Nelson is at one percent. Uh, John Schroeder, uh, in terms of on the Republican side, is the closest uh, with respect to Landry's poll numbers. But on the Democrat side, we know Sean Wilson, former well, DOTD secretary. And he's only polling 18 uh, percent. But that's still pretty t- strong. Well, it, it is. And there's still 29 percent that are undecided. Um, you know, the problem is all of the Republican candidates, other than, you know, all of the other Republican candidates basically agree with Jeff Landry on the issues. And in the places they disagree, uh, the conservative voters in Louisiana are on Landry's side, not their side. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Sharon Hewitt put out a post uh, defending her vote for carbon capture, saying that it was good for Louisiana to help stop global warming. Well, most conservatives think carbon capture is a complete waste of time and money. So – is she is she going to move the needle on the on the Democrat side? Okay, explain Hardly. carbon capture. Oh Lord, that is a, a process by which you basically pump your uh, captured carbon emissions okay. into the ground, like under Lake Maurepas, for example. It's been mm-hmm. proposed, and that's a, a very controversial uh, method of basically. Uh, disposing of your carbon emissions uh, without harming the environment, although there are some environmentalists out there that say, no, actually, that does a great deal of harm uh, to the environment, to drinking water, et cetera, et cetera. But that is a the carbon capture is something that's supported by our, our conservative Democrat governor. And I say that tongue in cheek, uh, John Bell Edwards. Right. OK, so, um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, it looks like Landry's to lose, don't you think? Well, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, in theory, John Schroeder could pick up all of the undecided votes, make it into a runoff with Landry. And then with the help of Democrat voters, he could become governor. But do we really want a governor who's just as beholden to Democrats for his job as John Bell Edwards or Clay Sheck Snyder. Right. 
I mean, you know, so like I said, there's 29 percent, 29 percent undecided at this time. And Landry just keeps raising more and more money. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yes. Yeah, he's definitely, definitely the front runner and uh, and definitely, you know, going to be better than what we have now. So it's a step up. We need to, yeah, we need to turn a lot of things around and we're not going to do it with the, with the current leadership that we have. So, uh, uh yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank, thank you, President Trump. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Mike and McCarty. Uh, I did turn back from, uh, uh, Grayson Butcher, Shreveport City Councilman. He's going to join us at 740 talking about, uh, the lunacy going on downtown. Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and uh just ahead of Grayson Butcher going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh we had the uh the the shooting that took place in Allen, Texas. Just real horrible. real quick. Just we just have a minute. Absolute here. terrible. You know, and now they're claiming that this shooter who is Hispanic is also a neo Nazi. And a, and and they it, it was a white yeah, he's white supremacist. A, a white supremacist. I mean, so either the a the, Mexican white supremacist. Yes. Yeah, so the, either the the neo Nazis have really relaxed their standards, or they've gone woke. Uh, because how does that how does that work I mean, out? I mean, it's if you're telling the story that you know somehow it's conservatives, but, those that are extreme right wing. Well, that's folks. what they they use the phrase extreme right wing conservative right. shooter. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then labeling him as a white supremacist. This just shows you the bias of the liberal media that they want to slap these terms on on these violent acts that nobody in their right mind supports. No, ab- absolutely not. And and they want to jump ahead of the facts in order right, to yeah. control the narrative. And you know, let's let the facts come out. And this gentleman, you know, again, we don't know. I'm not going to jump out there and say this is a an illegal immigrant like the the one just last week that murdered a family of five. You know, he was deported and let back into the country, you know, five times, six times. And it's it's unconscionable, these policies that are supported by those on the left. And and again, it this I really even shouldn't mention that it's it's supported by those on the left. It is an unconscionable practice that puts human lives at risk, regardless of of the political party that's involved it's just plain stupid and and they're very quick to point out using an ar-15 style rifle that that's also in every single story that you hear yeah about the shooting well that's again they're trying to advance this gun control agenda there was also uh the murder of what eight looked like immigrants uh that were run over by an suv deliberately deliberately run over by someone in an SUV. Now that doesn't fit the gun control narrative, 
So, you know, you know, people are going to say, well, should we outlaw SUVs? Well, sure we should, because they contribute to global warming. And, and, and the death of immigrants. But it's just, it's this lawlessness, this disregard for the sanctity of life in our country. I mean, many might refer to it as cultural decay, the erosion of values, our morals, our beliefs. I mean, that's what. That's how we got here. Yeah, well, it, that, yeah. <laughs> Grace and Butcher going to join us uh, coming up just after the break. There's uh, some lunacy going on in downtown Shreveport. We'll talk about that, Mike and McCarty, with Louis R. Avalone. One oh one seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Louis R. Avalone in studio for the vacationing Aaron McCarty. Uh, on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher. Grayson, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? We're doing well. Thank you for uh, for jumping on with us this morning. Uh, sure. These videos that uh, somebody took and posted from uh, downtown, I think it was late Friday night, early Saturday morning, uh, about just, it just seems like uncontrolled what partying how would you how would you describe it because it's not I protesting it, i would call it unlawful chaos is what i would call it there we um, go it, it, it's uh it, it was just shocking you know we had an incident like this late last year uh that wasn't to that extent um supposedly and i'll just give you a little background on it supposedly there's there's a bar or a couple of bars in downtown Shreveport that have djs and the djs are putting these speakers up on the roof and they are in the in the previous video towards the end of last year that the, the DJs are inciting the people on the street to get out in the middle of the street. And as you saw, one of them was 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 jumping up on an eighteen wheeler. And that that eighteen wheeler that we saw in this last video was not part of you know this group. It was just trying to go down Highway One mm-hmm. to get to wherever it was going. And so so these DJs are inciting uh, these crowds to block the state highway. And, um, you know, I had a very lengthy conversation with the police chief a few months ago. This was probably, I want to say, November um, about this. And, and you know, these bars are breaking the, the decibel level. They're, you know, inciting people to do things. And, you know, I, I thought we had this under control. But obviously, this was about 500 times worse this time than it was, you know, several months ago. There seem to be hundreds of people out on the street. There's three different videos posted um, that you posted on on your Facebook page. We've also got them posted on keelnews.com if people want to see this. Um, again, look, I, I have nothing against somebody wanting to go downtown having a good time. We encourage, we're trying to, uh, you know, to build downtown back up to a destination. But But events like this... You know, the the average person doesn't want to go and be and and be confronted with this type behavior. Well, just imagine your child um, possibly have been down had been downtown for some type of event or something like that. They're driving home and this mob stops them. If you notice in one of the videos, there were some private cars as well that had been stopped. Uh, that that would have to be terrifying. And and you're right. I want people to go down and enjoy our downtown. I think that. We need to encourage people to go down and enjoy our downtown. But there are a lot of people that are putting a lot of time and a lot of money into making downtown what it is. And this type of unlawful activity 
has got to stop. And, you know, I think that a lot of it is we don't have enough police officers down there right now. As everybody knows, we're down police officers. But there's going to have to be something done. I sent an email uh, yesterday morning to the police chief, the mayor, the fire chief, uh, due to the fact that I think inside the buildings, sometimes it's over-occupancy. Uh, and to Councilman Brooks, whose district it is. And I said, look, we have to get this under control. The mayor called me immediately. Um, he, he said that he, too, was astonished by what had gone on and that he would do whatever he could to uh, to remedy the problem. So I think that we're on top of it this time. But, uh, you know, it, it's just very frustrating. Just imagine the amount of money that has been spent by uh, developers and business people downtown and, people are scared to go down there i mean we had a we had a multi-shooting there uh, at the end of march so um i don't like that i I want our i want our uh downtown to be someplace that people want to go so councilman from your post you make the suggestion that perhaps the police chief is not doing all that he could or can do Uh, number one is that what you're saying and number two why do you feel like not more has been done you know, I, I, you know, Chief Smith and I have a wonderful relationship. We really do. We have a very open relationship and, and are able to talk. Um, but I do feel like that we need some more uh, police presence in downtown Shreveport. Now, you take that for, for whatever it's worth. Um, and, and it ultimately falls back on the chief. Um, so, yes, I mean, I, I don't like it getting to a point. Uh, I was told that you know there's not very many police officers downtown. That's what a local a local downtown uh, business owner told me and that in this particular incident that they were working another incident didn't have enough cops down there to disperse this crowd um because there just wasn't enough and for officer safety i mean you can't go in a crowd like that i don't know how many people were there it looked like 100 200 people i was going to say it may not be safe for an officer to even i mean a single officer certainly in a crowd like that exactly so what 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 i would encourage the police chief to do is Let's try to let's try to kind of you know over the summer have more officers in downtown. And in my email to the to the chief, I said whatever we need to do. If you need funding for this, whatever you need to do. If we need to do a budget amendment, I'll help sponsor it. If you need a decibel meter where you can go down there and read how loud these bars are, because look, we have apartment complexes. We have a really nice hotel right around the corner that the the owner has invested a tremendous amount of money in. We, we just can't have this in downtown Shreveport. We just can't. Well, especially if you said they're set, they're actually setting up speakers outside the club and encouraging put, people to to be outside and then in the street. That's yeah, you can't allow that. No, and and whatever the police chief needs uh, to put in his toolbox to fix this, I think that it's our responsibility as a council and as and the mayor to give him what he needs, but. I don't want, you know, it's almost like, you know, oh, gosh, this happened. Uh, we don't have enough officers to take care of it when this has been a growing problem for several months. And uh, it's just persistently gotten worse. If And having said that, if these bars are in noncompliance, if the bars are, uh, you know, have too many people in there, if, if they're putting these speakers on the roof and they're doing all this stuff, then they need to be disciplined. They need to be looked into. Uh, you know, uh, ABO needs to go in there and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. So I, I don't want it to come across as I was blaming the chief. I'm just asking him to get this taken care of because I don't want to see it happen again. Right. You said this is Gary Brooks's district. Have you spoken with him? I have talked to Gary. We talked at length about it yesterday. He's he's very much concerned as well. 
and he has had numerous conversations with the police chief over the last several uh, months about this as well. So yes, uh, he is very he is very concerned as well. All right, Grayson Butcher, Shreveport City Councilman. Uh, thanks for talking with us this morning. I appreciate your time. Hey, y'all have a great morning. Thank you. You, you too. Thanks, Grayson. Right. One hundred seven FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Kiel. Remember Steve Martin years ago in one of his routines, he he would break out the banjo, and he's a very accomplished bluegrass banjo player. Oh, he's insanely good. Uh, in fact, he's got a okay. Stop, stop. What you got? Audio running here. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got a band that tours, a bluegrass band that tours. The now. Steep they came. Canyon Rangers, Steve Martin and the Steep Canyon Rangers. That, I think is what they're called. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was something else. Anyway, it, I may be thinking of the name of the latest album. Maybe. But but he said he was playing the banjo on one of his comedy routines years ago. And he goes, you just can't be in a bad mood playing the banjo. <laughs> oh, death and gloom and sorrow. And, and that's the way I feel with that with that bumper music with power oh, yeah. solo. Anyway, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Lewis R. Avalone in for the vacationing. Erin McCarty, she's just taken a, a couple days off. Um, I, I ran across a story that just kind of Again, it's one of those where you just you, you uh, somebody I derive a little bit of satisfaction. Um, Scott Bio, remember how do you Bayo Bayo yeah. Bayo uh, Chachi from Happy Days? Oh yeah, remember? Sure, he he loved jo- Joni, um, but uh, he's he's announced that he's leaving California. Oh, he's 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 fed up. He's had enough, uh, and now by, uh, Bayo is is. He is known for being conservative, which is a, a minority, obviously, mm-hmm. in especially in Hollywood. But he says, you know, due to homelessness, uh, because there's nothing being done about the homelessness. And, and that sounds like a minor situation. But when you look at, no, it's really not. You look at the crime that it, that it breeds. You look at it, it lowers property value. Uh, you've got, you've got corporations that are pulling out of cities like uh, Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah. Because it, yeah. You, they can't do business. You, Absolutely. You, you can't do business in, with, with rampant homelessness and crime. And, and Bayo says, you know, there's no consequences to crime. Absolutely. And, and so he says, I'm not, I'm not going to continue to live in this cesspool. My word's not his. Well, and of course, you know, the left always says they care so much more than you do about, you know, the the poor and and the least among us. But if you look at California, their policies, leftist policies, has created the greatest disparity between the rich and the poor. The rich-poor gap in California is the largest in the country. And that is – that's after they have applied every possible – liberal idea on how to eradicate poverty really in reality all they're doing is perpetuating it 
it, it's growing. If you're if you're encouraging people not to work, if you're encouraging people to be dependent on the government, thank you, Ruben. Then then you're just you're not encouraging the free market. And it, anyway, you know, it's not just people who identify as conservatives either. Most of the uh, most of the the stand up oh, comedians that I like who would never identify as a conservative are it's mass exodus. They are no longer in well, Los you Angeles. Can't get they're a all in, in California. Yeah, because no. they're they're <laughs> leaving one way. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, Governor Edwards wants to bust our spending cap. We'll talk about that after the news. Mike and McCarty with Louis R. Avalone. One One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, uh Aaron on vacation for a couple of days. Lewis R. Evaloni in studio with us. Lewis, uh you came across you got a story that really hasn't been announced yet with no, uh, it, as far as the state budget and our outgoing governor wanting to uh increase our budget that's already been increased from what, twenty three billion to forty five Forty-seven billion. It's ridiculous. It really is. The governor is trying to get the as uh, people are leaving our state, right? Wanting to get the legislature to break the constitutionally mandated spending caps so that he can take uh, what this is one point eight, uh, excuse me, one point one billion dollars in surplus funds that have to be spent for all intents and purposes this year, and basically dole that out the way that he wants it so he can return favors is basically what this is it might be argued that way but yeah yeah no that wouldn't ever happen <laughs> in louisiana politics but what happened last week and this is where i think folks need to really be tuned in last week uh the house republicans stood together they they passed what Many would say would be a fiscally responsible budget that pays off that pays off uh, decades old retirement debt for the state and local school board. So the pension uh, funds, the debt of the pension funds uh, would be paid off significantly with state dollars, with these surplus funds. And what that does, the reducing the debt of these pension funds means that the school district's employer contribution. So the part that the school district uh, pays as part of your pension or the teachers mm-hmm. and the staff's pension uh, would decrease. They would actually pay less because the amount of debt or the amount of interest that is being paid with those contributions would be less. And so therefore, those savings, the employer contribution savings, could then be used for teacher pay raises, right. for staff pay raises, year after year after year, and it would be something that would be sustainable without having to go to the state and, for example, the governor wants the state taxpayers to come out of pocket for teachers, which they do deserve a pay raise, but he's wanting to see the state pay for that rather than, hey, let's pay down our debt, save interest, and in that way – we can pay for teacher pay raises going forward without having to even consider raising taxes. But what the governor has done and what the the president of the Senate, Paige Cortez, is proposing 
is to forget about all that. And let's just pay for school teachers pay raises uh, out of the state coffers and let the governor decide where to spend much of this surplus. Right. And, and he's proposing for coastal restoration projects, for infrastructure. And don't get me wrong. We need to repair our roads. We need to all repair things that our are needed. Sure. Exactly. But the governor is the one who gets to decide which of those projects are. And so the criticism here is, is that will these projects be all up and down the I-10 corridor? I mean, or well, will they of be? Of course, they're going to be pet projects from his contributors. I mean, it so, doesn't take a, a – if I can figure that out, anybody can figure that out. And so it, it's almost as if Paige Cortez is dangling a carrot out there. And here's the carrot. He's proposing that instead of what the House Republicans, the budget that they passed, which was let's pay off the the uh, pension fund debt, let's instead raise or guarantee a cost of living increase for state employees, a 2% guarantee, because the way it is right now, that cost of living, that COLA, uh, is varied. Uh, it can be up to 3%, 3.5%, depending on how well those investments in the pension funds work. So it's tied to the stock market. Uh, essentially, yes. Right. Interest okay. rates, bond market, et cetera. So basically that guarantee, if the state now guarantees a cost of living increase in those pension benefits for state employees, it will cost us $174 million every single year forever. And that will grow as the state payroll increases. Right. And so really what this means is, is it's almost as if he's saying, look, but it, that's an additional $174 million. Absolutely. Because you're going to increase another 2% the following year. They get a 2% increase exactly. every single year. Every single year. So basically John Bell wants to pay teachers $2,000 a year, uh, uh, give them a pay raise, two thousand dollars a year, a thousand dollars for every uh, staff employee uh, of the school school districts. But he wants to do that out of the state budget. The House Republicans they want to do that out of saving money. It's very it's a smarter idea. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, and again, uh, Republican President of the Senate, Paige Cortez. He just – it seems like he just wants to do the bidding of the governor here. And this is this is from the the, uh, the state surplus funds. This is from the state which surplus. Which came in from federal money. This from is a COVID, one-time COVID surplus. COVID-19, exactly. Right. So take that money, take that one-time bonus, if you will – and 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 knock down that de- and knock down the interest. I mean, you're you're. So what? It seems to make so much common sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's being introduced this week? Uh, this is uh, concurrent resolution. This is Senate concurrent resolution number three that was authored by the president of the Senate, and he's basically uh, asking for the commissioner of in- administration if this bill passes and again needs two-thirds majority, to increase the expenditure limit, which is constitutionally capped, but he wants to increase the the expenditure limit over $700 million. 
And that's what's going to be floated out this week. Uh, if you disagree with that, if you think that paying down the debt of the uh, teachers' pension funds and using the savings to pay for teacher pay raises, staff pay raises going forward sounds like a much smarter idea, then call your state senator. Uh, that number is uh, 225-342-2040. Of course, you can Google all of that as well. Right. Uh, but let your state representative, let your state senator know that you're, you know what's going on. And uh, you don't like what uh, the Senate president, Paige Cortez, is, is so up to. Does this have a chance, do you think? Well, Paige Cortez is the president of the Senate. He has a great deal of influence. Mm-hmm. And so with the governor's support, again, this is backed by Governor John Bell Edwards. So you've got two very powerful uh, men in our state who are advocating for this. And but don't we have a super majority now? Uh, it, y- yes. But so <laughs> <laughs> will will they stand up? That's the question. Will they show up? Will they will they vote the way they profess to believe? Oh, you you seem kind of hesitant on that. I am. Yeah, I am. And there are others in the state legislature. That are equally as uh, concerned. So, call your state representative. Call your state senator if you if you think that the idea of paying for teacher pay raises with savings to the state mm-hmm. is better than makes paying, more sense. Paying uh, with added expenditures, which is what the the governor is uh, is proposing, and and of course uh, as authored by the bill now by Paige Cortez. All right, Louis R. Avalone. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you bringing that to our attention. 1017 FM 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty, and uh, wrapping up a, a rather eventful weekend. By oh yeah, the way. Oh, yeah. downtown some lunacy. We, uh, I took my, I took my mom Friday night. Had I had a date with my mom, and uh, we went to see uh, a comedian that came into town, and he's an older, kind of an older guy. And, uh, but she, we've seen him like clips on Instagram and, uh, uh, Facebook, things like that. Brad Upton is Brad his name. Upton. Brad, Brad Upton. Brad Upton. And he's, he, he's freaking hilarious. Uh, completely clean. Obviously, I took my, uh, my mom to go see him. And, uh, we had a great time. It was at the Women's Department Club. Have oh, you ever been wow. at the Women's Department Club? I've never been there, but I've seen like videos and stuff from there. And the, the building is on Margaret and Line Avenue. It's right next to the Shreveport Little Theater. Yeah. You'd never know it. I think it probably used to be a house in the old, you know, originally. It was a, a beautiful home. Um, but upstairs 
is you'd never know a full theater. Yeah. With a stage and curtains and uh, in seating going all the way back. The entire upstairs is a, is a full theater. And in fact, Catherine Hepburn performed on that stage Ooh. back in the 30s. Uh, a friend of mine I saw at the show Friday night said uh, Eleanor uh, uh, Roosevelt what? spoke at that theater. Yeah, at at one point, jeez. So it's it's in historic. Yeah, it's in historic. It may not have been a home. Now that I think about it, if it's got that huge theater up there. Um, oh yeah, and I've I've totally seen this Brad Upton guy. He's pretty funny. He's he's pretty funny. He he does that whole bit about uh, millennials being the dumbest generation, yes. and then and then says, "Don't get me wrong, my generation had dumb kids, but they just didn't make it. <laughs> they, they just didn't. They didn't make it right. to adulthood." He says, we grew up, what do you say, we grew up, you know, playing in the mud and, and uh, something else, and then blowing things up. Yeah. And said, <laughs> you know, if you if you messed up, you just didn't make it. And uh, but but he's he was so funny. He made a comment and that I thought he said uh, when he first got into the into town and came to the women's department club he goes man you know you've made it when you're doing a show at the women's department club in treeport he said i thought it was a funeral home when i first walked in and, I, and when we were downstairs i started laughing i thought you know i can see where one would think that but it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful building in yes. fact when shreveport little theater burned uh the second time uh, we had we had shows already obviously already scheduled for the season. We moved right. the shows to the women's department club, um, and and so I've I've actually done shows at that facility. Very nice, it's a lot of fun. But uh, but then and then we had so I had that Friday night, um, had the wedding on Saturday, which was beautiful. Ended up being it's a beautiful it's a beautiful wedding. It was it was a huge wedding and the reception was great, um, so so we had that and then uh, but there was some lunacy that went on downtown a little bit, just a little bit and 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 one of our our radio co hosts behind me at our studio, uh, Chica Montez, Chica, did you <laughs> you were down there you were you were Let causing me tell you all what that? happened. <laughs> I can explain. I know. I know. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I knew nervous. it was going to happen. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. Pepito okay. XO threw probably one of the coolest, craziest parties I've been a part of. It was uh, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Let me tell you something. Nobody celebrates Cinco de Mayo more intense than not Mexicans. <laughs> I was going to say there there weren't a lot of Mexicans in these videos. For those no. that don't understand what we're talking about, there's some videos that are uh, that are making the rounds on social media that show just it seems lawlessness going on. You can see the videos at keelnews.com. on on, on Texas, I think, crossing Travis. I think it's Tra yeah Travis and Texas somewhere in that area. And yeah. and people have. I mean, it looked it looked to be hundreds of people that came out of a nightclub we don't and are move partying like that, in the streets. We cannot move like that. <laughs> the t let me tell you this. I had not seen, when I was leaving, I left Pepito's probably about 1130, and I'm driving out, and uh, one of my girls that runs the photo booth for me goes, oh, we got to stay downtown. She goes, it is. It is. Her words were, it's popping down here. <laughs> and I look around and I'm like, I have never seen downtown like this. Okay. And 
and it was like it, this is eleven thirty. By the time these videos were taken, it was three a.m. I think. Wow. And it, now so they have speakers set up on the roof. Is what I heard. Is that true? And then the yes. DJ. Those DJs caused that hype, though. Well, that's what that's what uh, Grayson Butcher said. Okay. And he said that they they set up the speakers outside mm-hmm. and 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 incite the crowds to get in the streets. That's that's actually factual. As because that's what I do on the weekends. I DJ. Right. And, and you incite crowds to well, go. Not like that. <laughs> not like that, violence. buddy. I get scared. No, no, no. <laughs> but but I think like as a DJ, you have the power to to make people feel how you want them to feel. Right. Right. And. I personally think that those DJs do need to be held accountable for what they cause and what it's not the first time they've done something like this. Right. And and something could have gone terribly wrong. That's that's the one thing that I can't help but think about is that something could have gone what, terribly wrong. That's what that was my wrong. first thought. Was what if, you know, mm-hmm. that semi truck driver goes, I was scared for my life. And start gunning it. Exactly. Right. And then all it now luckily Luckily, it was like, oh, it was good fun. However, I do have to say, on behalf of the Mexican community, our bodies don't move like that. <laughs> that was none of us. It was not there. But we're so happy, though. You know what, though? We're just out there making sure that um, the the community of Shreveport, Bossier, we're just trying. We're just trying to move some alcohol. We're just trying to sell some Mickey's hot dogs. If I was smart, though, you know what I would have done? I would have set up a taco shop that night just outside. Yes. I, that's what I'm mad about. Is I could have made some money that night. Could have made some dinero. You know what I'm saying? Think our little frito bandito. You would have been. So out she there with can me. do that, but I can't do that because it's offensive if this Irish English guy does that. Right. <laughs> One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Aaron on vacation. There have been a couple videos that have been kind of floating around social media showing some just kind of some lunacy downtown. You can see those on keelnews.com. We reached out to uh Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher who's uh who posted those videos and uh, we'll talk with him coming up next, Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty uh on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline addressing these videos that uh show some lunacy downtown, some unlawful I don't know, uh Grayson Butcher, Shreveport City Councilman, what would you call it? I would call it unlawful chaos is what I would call it. There we go. Um, it, it it's uh it, it was just shocking. You know, we had an incident like this late last year, uh that wasn't to that extent. Um Supposedly, and I'll just give you a little background on it. Supposedly, there's there's a bar or a couple of bars in downtown Shreveport that have DJs, and the DJs are putting these speakers up on the roof. And they are in the in the previous video towards the end of last year, the the, the DJs are inciting the people on the street to get out in the middle of the street. And as you saw, one of them was 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 jumping up on an eighteen wheeler, and that that eighteen wheeler that we saw in this last video was not part of you know, this group, it was just trying to go down Highway 1 mm-hmm. to get to wherever it was going. And so so these DJs are inciting uh, these crowds to block 
the state highway. And, um, you know, I had a very lengthy conversation with the police chief a few months ago. This was probably, I want to say, November um, about this. And, and, you know, these bars are breaking the, the decibel level. They're, you know, inciting people to do things. And, you know, I, I thought we had this under control. But obviously this was about 500 times worse this time than it was, you know, several months ago. There seem to be hundreds of people out on the street. There's three different videos posted um, that you posted on on your Facebook page. We've also got them posted on keelnews.com if people want to see this. Um, Again, look, I, I have nothing against somebody wanting to go downtown having a good time. We encourage, we're trying to, uh, you know, to build downtown back up to a destination. But but events like this, you know, the the average person doesn't want to go and be and, and be confronted with this type of behavior. Well, just imagine your child um, possibly have been down had been downtown for some type of event or something like that. They're driving home, and this mob stops them. If you notice in one of the videos, there were some private cars as well that had been stopped. Uh, that that would have to be terrifying. And and you're right. I want people to go down and enjoy our downtown. I think that we need to encourage people to go down and enjoy our downtown. But there are a lot of people that are putting a lot of time and a lot of money into making downtown what it is. And this type of unlawful activity has got to stop. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of it is, we don't have enough police officers down there right now. As everybody knows, we're down police officers. But there's going to have to be something done. I sent an email uh, yesterday morning to the police chief, the mayor, the fire chief, uh, due to the fact that I think inside the buildings, sometimes it's over-occupancy, uh, and to Councilman Brooks, whose district it is. And I said, look, we have to get this under control. The mayor called me immediately. Um, he, he said that he, too, was astonished by what had gone on and that he would do whatever he could to uh, to remedy the problem. So I think that we're on top of it this time. But, uh, you know, it, it's just very frustrating. Just imagine the amount of money that has been spent by uh, developers and business people downtown, and people are scared to go down there. I mean, we had a, we had a multi-shooting there uh, at the end of March. So um, I don't like that. I, I want our, I want our uh, downtown to be someplace that people want to go. So, Councilman, from your post, you make the suggestion that perhaps the police chief is not doing all that he could or can do. Uh, number one, is that what you're saying? And number two, why do you feel like not more has been done? You know, I, I you know, Chief Smith and I have a wonderful relationship. We really do. We have a very open relationship and, and are able to talk. Um, but I do feel like that we need some more uh, police presence in downtown Shreveport. Now, you take that for, for whatever it's worth, um, and and it ultimately falls back on the chief. Um, so, yes, I mean, I, I don't like it getting to a point. Uh, I was told that, you know, that there's not very many police officers downtown. That's what a local, a local downtown uh, business owner told me, and that in this particular incident that they were working another incident, didn't have enough cops down there to disperse this crowd. Um, because they're just one enough. And for officer safety, I mean, you can't go in a crowd like that. I don't know how many people were there. It looked like 100, 200 people. I was going to um, say, it may not be safe for an officer to even, I mean, a single officer, certainly, in a crowd like that. Exactly. So what, what, what I would encourage the police chief to do is let's try to, to kind of, you know, over the summer, 
have more officers in downtown. And in my email to the to the chief, I said, whatever we need to do, if you need funding for this, whatever you need to do, if we need to do a budget amendment, I'll help sponsor it. If you need a decibel meter where you can go down there and read how loud these bars are, because look, we have apartment complexes. We have a really nice hotel right around the corner that the, the owner has invested a tremendous amount of money in. We, we just can't have this in downtown Shreveport. We just can't. Well, especially if you said they're set, they're actually setting up speakers outside the club and encouraging people to, to be outside and then in the street. That's, yeah, you can't allow that. No. And, and whatever the police chief needs uh, to put in his toolbox to fix this, I think that it's our responsibility as a council and as, and the mayor to give him what he needs. But, I don't want, you know, it's almost like, you know, oh gosh, this happened. Uh, we don't have enough officers to take care of it when this has been a growing problem for several months and, uh, it's just persistently gotten worse. If, and having said that, if these bars are in non-compliance, if the bars are, uh, you know, have too many people in there, if, if they're putting these speakers on the roof and they're doing all this stuff, then they need to be disciplined. They need to be looked into. Uh, you know, uh, ABO needs to go in there and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. So I, I don't want it to come across as I was blaming the chief. I'm just asking him to get this taken care of because I don't want to see it happen again. Right. You said this is Gary Brooks's district. Have you spoken with him? I have talked to Gary. We talked at length about it yesterday. He's He's very much concerned as well. And he has had numerous conversations with the police chief over the last several uh, months about this as well. So, yes, uh, he is very he is very concerned as well. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and I love keeping up with this. The latest that's going on with uh, with Bud Light. We, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember where I was. It must have been at the wedding, and they had uh, they had the bar open there, and uh, again, beautiful wedding. Um, and I and I walked up to the guy, and, and I said, uh, "You ain't Bud Light." <laughs> and I actually got looks. It was pretty funny. Uh, I'm not even really a beer drinker other than maybe a Guinness every now and then. Um, but they didn't, hmm. which, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. No, they no they had light. some others, but, uh, yeah, no, no, no Bud Light. There's a, there, there is an article on foxnews.com, which there's, a, that's a story in itself, but, um, they're, they're saying there's three ways that it could go. Uh, and only and only one of them would be would be positive for oh, no. uh, for Bud Light and and you know capitulate to the far left, hmm. which is the go woke go broke, capitulate to the far right, you know, or or uh, they they've tried doing the a couple of ads to bring folks back. I've and, seen I've seen the the Bud heavy ads, the the Bud Budweiser red label ads where it's. Oh, they're grow, moving growing up in the country. Is, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind of, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and of course the uh, the one featuring the the Clydesdales. Yes, um, and 
do you know you can just you can buy a Clydesdale? I mean, it's just another type of horse. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. thought I was thinking those were really specialty breeds and well, I mean they hard are hard to find and but kind of but and insanely expensive. But yeah, you can own one. Well, I think a horse just in general would be insanely expensive. And I know people that have <laughs> that have horses. Yeah, but Clydesdales. But see, I, I'm I'm such a I'm kind of a big guy, right? <laughs> and if I were to ride, I, I grew up riding horses. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if I were to ride today, I would want to. It would have to be a Clydesdale because I would hate that. I, I would feel terrible getting on a horse. <laughs> the horse hey, hey, hey! But, yeah, yeah. But they had the they had the ad with the you know with the Clydesdale running through the country and is patriotic and, and folks just aren't buying it. They're they're just not buying it. You no. you've, you've really uh, excuse me screwed the pooch. On 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 this campaign with Dylan Mulvaney, a little it would definitely seem so for sure. But uh, but yeah, it's it's um, the the outrage might have been blown a little out of proportion since the cans weren't for sale anyway. Apparently, they were not in in stores. You couldn't go buy one. I never saw them. I was trying to find them to take a picture or something, right? And I I never ever oh, saw. And, them. and see, they they missed a huge marketing opportunity there. I guess because so. how many people want to get one and go, you know, and have <laughs> here's, it go? Here's what killed Budweiser. Exactly. <laughs> why I don't drink it anymore. Uh, but they they weren't available in stores. The market. The uh, the president of Anheuser Busch said, "Look, it was one can. It was one post. It was but, right. It, but it, it was. I think it was more than that. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, if and how they recover." So uh, thanks to Louis R. Avalone came in this morning. He'll be uh, joining me again tomorrow morning. And also tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour, I am really excited. Uh, Ernie Robertson going to join us. Very nice. I've, I've read his uh, one of his books. That, and got, uh, well, I've actually read several, but uh, I love Shreveport history. And uh, we'll talk to him. Uh, about a lot of that coming up tomorrow morning. Mike and McCarty. Aaron on vacation, 1017FM, 710 